We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So many people. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We services so far what have you been eating looking well by the way thank you you too uh trendster i had chicken and some uh zucchini Mm. uh my roommate chloe cooked it friend of the show friend of the show and Phantom, uh, phantom menace episode that's incorrect no oh uh uh king of staten island episode yeah sorry uh, but it's okay because right after having dinner, Perth's female housemates who've been on the show with C names, you know? Yeah. But, uh, as of recording tomorrow is friend of the show, Clara Pell's birthday. Good to know. Yeah. Good so we baked, know. we baked a cake together. Cla- Clara Pell, if you're listening to this Scott Pilgrim part two episode, happy late birthday. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. 21 trips around the sun. Congratulations. How about you go out, drink one beer. One. Yeah, yeah, a beer, yeah. One. Anyways, Trent, what did you have? I had, here, I've got a, a visual representation. Annie's Fruit Snacks, I'm sure you're familiar, a household oh, staple. Am. Also, um, I they're um, Overstock Crafty uh, from a thing I did, and uh, I got to bring home this whole thing of Annie's Fruit Snacks, and um, I like Welch's Fruit Snacks too, but this is an interesting, interesting, interesting competition, you know? Sure do. Well, um, we have a movie podcast now. Uh, we like, do. Much to my chagrin, much to our collective, ag- against our best efforts. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, uh, uh, we have a new intro, right? Oh, goddamn. Yeah. Part, do we have a new intro? Yeah, well... Wait, so see, the intro As of recording, is... we have not, as of yet, edited this intro, but when you, you will have already heard it, so... It, it, it'll have come before these words. Yeah, so, like, let us know what you think. We'll still have our theme music, like, in a few seconds, right? Oh, pfft, I'm not an asshole. Trent. Okay, cool. But, um, yeah, we'll have two new themes, I think. Like, one for the interviews, one for the discussions, and it'll be pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I was... edited this one, and when it comes to our discussion with Viraj Marate... Who Parth uh, just off-camera called the big guy. Is that yeah, what you said? I did. He said, we got to interview the big guy next week. I yeah. said, who's that? He said, Viraj, my 14-year-old brother. The big guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for that one, you'll be hearing Trent's intro. So. Yeah. So if you want to start, uh, if you want to heighten the tensions between Parth and I, comment which one you prefer. As if there wasn't enough conflict already. Pick a side. Hashtag Team Parth. Cue the intro. Yeah. Let's cut to that nice little music. Welcome back to Craft Services. We have a podcast. Where we talk about the films. Films, movies, yeah. Each week we have a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. picture, yeah. This week, though, we have the same crew members as last week. 
Yeah, this is like a crazy little thing we're doing. As you know, if you listened last week, the interview is so long that we split up into three parts. This is part two. So this will be like the middle chunk of the conversation with three of the storyboard artists. So this is like the meat and potatoes. This is the middle section. Like it's the heart of the interview. It's a pretty, pretty interesting interview, guys. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. Um, They talk about working on Scott Pilgrim and, you know, they each give their own little things and they all uh, say words each of them they do yeah they say words interesting sometimes sentences dare i say um but without further ado should we just get right on into it let's just cue the sound effect yeah let's yeah cue the interview So you alluded to the original ending that was reshot, and just for fun, for the people at home, what was the original ending? He went with knives, not Ramona, there you go. and it was shot, and it's on, it's on the it's on the um, extras on the discs. I think I think it is anyway. And yeah, then, it is. Yeah. yeah. Was it a, was it a test audience reception thing? Yes, it was test audiences. Um, it was how the books were originally going to end. I think that's how they... I'm not... I'm trying to think now. Did he change that? as? He was going to have it as knives. I'm, I can't remember now how the books end. I should have looked into that. <laughs> it basically test audiences um, felt that... It's he, him and Ramona in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So he changed it to Ramona as well. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's. It. But originally he was going to do knives. I, I'm pretty. Yeah, I, I maybe maybe Brian's listening to this and screaming <laughs> that wasn't the case. But I, that that's how I remember. It. Um, I hope that's right. And uh, you know, he was all for subverting how you know, how it should be, you know, know, how how it should go. He he wanted to subvert your expectations. But the audiences felt probably rightly so that Scott should be, has been fighting for Ramona all this time. And so they did the reshoot and it's the the same, we were all talking about this um, prior, that the saving grace to it all the the reason it doesn't leave, it's right. The ending is right, but the re, this super sweet sort of cherry on top is that you don't feel bad for knives because she has that amazing line, "I'm too cool for you anyway," yeah. and and he agrees, and that's exactly right. And it's uh, you know, it, it's a brilliant ending um, to her arc. You know that she grow she grows out of him basically <laughs> and she grows beyond him just in the time they've been together <laughs> which is you know a fantastic end to life story yeah so i mean like this movie has a really specific and precise visual style i mean uh, compared to other movies and so does did that kind of put you in a box of the no. ways that you are okay yeah so just like if you could if you guys could all just speak on that i i'd like to i'd like to start actually with something bring you you guys in on this it must have been strange for you because i remember adopting when i was boarding 
because I first the first job I ever did on this was an animatic. I I designed um, an animatic based on the uh, artwork from the comics, and it was a, a little. Um, it was the fight uh, with Patel, and it was how to stage that and how we were going to animate the 2D animation. And we really didn't bend from that throughout the whole thing. We 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 wanted to do this and wanted these crazy 2D graphics on it, which no one was doing at the time. We we were I think we were being quite bold in in our sort of wish to. Let, let's bring these 2D graphics on the screen, they're great, you know. Because I did that and because I did it in the style of the book, uh, my boards uh, sort of um, organically were just uh, my version of the comics. They weren't trying to look like real people. My boards were very comic booky, and I remember um, both of you, sort of, you know, <laughs> both of you were being a bit constrained <laughs> to having to do the cartoon look because uh, I, just... I was forcing you to basically. Yeah, I mean, but um, no, I mean, it's it's fair. I mean, I, I've drawn a lot of different styles. I draw in a lot of different styles, um, and having to kind of, I don't, you know, it was. You can see the first boards that I did. Um, I think I think it was like uh, I don't know Kim's kind of you know doing the, the bang thing. Yeah. Um, at the drums, that was one of the first things that I actually did. Um, and yeah, it, it, it took a wee while to get used to drawing an Oscar's version of Brian's style. <laughs> it was kind of. <laughs> it was such. A, I mean, Danelle, you too. I think you had to do cut and paste initially, didn't you? And then yeah. it, it was. Yeah. Um, I, I realised how constraining that was, and especially for other people to get on board with and stuff. And I, I admit, like, uh, Edgar did ask me once, like, couldn't you start drawing them like, you know, um, I think Naira even, the producer, she even asked me as well, could you start making them look more like uh, humans? <laughs> and I flatly said, no, this, this is good because oh, I just got used to doing this, uh, you know, over, and I didn't want this change of styles throughout the whole thing. So it became quite uh, sort of, it's just like, okay, this is how it is, you know. Yeah, and, um, and the, the boards were so important. I don't think I've ever worked on a movie where, I mean, I've worked on films where the boards are incredibly important and heavily stuck to, but this was... This was next level. This was something else, you know. It, it was... wasn't just a style choice. There was a reason behind it. it. It was to get, I think, what I'd learned through our test phase, um, because I did some little animations to just to help people get their head around. I did, I did, do you remember the diagram animation I did, the little thing where I, it was literally like, Okay, he's running across here. He punches him here. Punches him like, this high in the air. And he jumps up after, and it, it was yes. me doing a diagram. I animated a diagram of this one move. It was in the Patel fight because lots of people just couldn't get their head around how far we were, how Looney Tunes this was. Mm -hmm. So I said, "This is if this was physically happening. This is actually what you know." And and so I think the the rhyme and reason behind me sticking rigidly to this sort of cartoony nature of the boards is because 
the, we weren't trying to do real life stuff. You know, we were trying to, you know, um, adapt this comic and these crazy things happening in this comic. Mm-hmm. And on set, I think it did help everybody get into the mindset that this is, this is not, um, you know, that reality is out of the window. You know, and uh, you know when you. Because these boards made it onto set, they were, you remember this, Rob, they were printed up on, on a big whiteboard and yeah. it was, it, you know, they were for everybody to see, so everybody to get get their head around exactly what they were doing that day. And I think it really helped. I think it helped just people get into the mindset of how crazy this thing was and what we wanted to do. And, and I even remember uh, at one point, I think I spent, it wasn't just me, it was just anybody that didn't have anything to do or walked by and looked the wrong way towards us was given the job of basically cutting out the speech, the, the, the sound effects. Because um, there, was, there was sound effects from either the comic or stuff that were in the boards and they had to basically be cut out and pasted on green. And it was it was like it was a lot of work. I remember doing that. I can't remember, uh, and I think it was either just for the rough visual effects, which it was to give. Oh, it was for the um, stunt uh, team um, for the their previous. Was that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For the the, the late Brad Allen, we got to work with Brad Allen. Yeah, sadly died this year. Um, but, uh, how, how was he? Because he was he worked with Jackie Chan. Incredible, incredible energy incredible guy to work with if you got him on side you you know you got you just got gold you you just got he he was capable of yeah he just lifted things and um all the old techniques that he employed new techniques and old techniques though there was some real you know crazy old-fashioned stuff that uh, really the Jackie Chan sort of staple stuff you know um, all the tricks um, but he'd employ he was very up on all the new digital realm that we were entering into and uh, and virtual cameras and things I, I worked with him a few times and yeah. uh, incredible guy and the team he he'd always get the best in the world to be there like specific shots in that movie um the, the amazing overhead shot when uh scott pilgrim enters the club um mm-hmm. and takes on all the um henchmen and and he's got his sword and turns them all into coins and there's an overhead shot where he's whirling around taking a he hunted down the one guy in toronto who could do that and it was a young kid, and it, and it was just you you know watching the rehearsals for that and stuff. Your jaw was on the floor. It's just these guys are incredible. You know they're they're hitting their marks. They're they they are perfect in frame. And we also had one of the best action direct uh, cinematographers at the time, Bill Pope. Um, still one of the best, <laughs> and they, and uh, and. He framed the action perfectly as well, and and yeah, your your jaw was on the floor watching those guys. So yeah, that's Brad just opened our eyes to a whole new world, which was incredible. 
and yeah, working with him. Some of my, we had some stuff to do. We had a whole new end fight to work out because the the original, we had a giant robot at the end of the original thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were designers done for that. Rudimentary designers who never went too far down the road, but that's what we were planning. And then it got to be a fight, and there were very the sword fight at the end was basically brought together through quite a few things. One of my fond memories actually was with that. I don't think Michael Bacall was on site, so we had to work out this fight, and it was just an email chain between me, Edgar, and Brad, and we were basically writing out the beats of this fight and it was going between and we were pinging around between us and it was one of those little creative moments where it's just in written form then it gets to be in drawn form then it gets rehearsed and they and this was in the space of a week you know and it and that's what ends up on screen and it's um yeah it was a really lovely intimate little process of just writing this thing out first and and you know uh uh it was it was just 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 to solve one particular problem but it's the best way of doing it and yeah getting to work with someone like um brad who knows the you know that stuff backwards how to do all that stuff um yeah it's incredible to work with him and sad loss given that you all doing the boards in a more cartoonish style was like unusual does it like is the approach to the boards always to make it like as naturalistic as possible or like how how it's going to look on screen no no, i wouldn't say so would you i mean what you what would you guys think say to that well they all have different purposes you know every project has a different set of kind of goals that you're trying to um uh, problems you're trying to solve. Um, every production has a different kind of unique fingerprint, you know, set of fingerprints. And I think with what I found interesting about doing, first of all, you know, having to draw in a completely different style. I never have ever drawn sort of in that anime style, but what um, it did too, fortunately I was switching to the Cintiq at the time. So I, I was, it was actually turned out to be an easy way to kind of slide into doing digital boards and then working on a going from paper to uh, like a, a smooth glassy surface is a weird thing to draw on you know um but for me when one of the things that i think was really successful in 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 keeping that very flat graphic style i was a, i was wondering if the film would seem flat and it's not at all it's super dimensional what i really think it did and the scenes that I was working on, um, we worked through a lot of transitions. And, you know, I think that's one thing I've learned from working with Edgar is I really pay a lot of attention to transitions and they're really interesting ways to get from shot to shot and scene to scene. And, um, you know, you have those scenes where you're holding tight on Scott or Stephen Stills and then the background change. So we're back where we're like walking on the street, but now we're in their house and the, in practicing or in the band. And what it does is it, um, it's a different, it creates a different type of cinematic effect Mm -hmm. where it's not just deep space or action crashing in that camera. 
it's a, a quieter way of moving through space, but it also keeps us in Scott Pilgrim's head the whole time. So we're always in Scott Pilgrim's world, and the world is moving around him. And um, so these graphic elements are a big part of creating that frame for him to move through. And um, when I saw the movie, I was just kind of blown away how cinematic all of these two-dimensional graphics were became. Um, and I think that, I mean, I don't know, but you know, the, everyone has their whole process, but it was really interesting for me to see going from the original drawings and thinking, oh, I wonder what this is going to look like and seeing the final product, just how cinematic two-dimensional, um, you know, working on the XY axis, not always working on the Y axis coming to you can actually be very, very cinematic in different ways. So it's really, I think, think it kind of expanded my vocabulary for sure, my visual vocabulary without a doubt, you know, working on that and seeing that. Were there scenes, I mean, like, other than the ones uh, that you guys have talked about already, were there scenes that were, like, particularly difficult uh, to draw or to, like, conceptualize? I mean, I feel like the whole movie is difficult to conceptualize, but just, like, specifically. Uh, And conversely, if there were scenes that were, like, this is the most fun to draw, and maybe there's, like, some overlap between those two. I know my answer. You guys go first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to think. I liked. I, I, I did quite a bit of stuff on the Roxy fight, um, mm. and I quite enjoyed doing that because I think I had actually vaguely found um, a kind of happy, happy medium with the style that I was drawing in. So I wasn't having to worry about that, and then I was able to to kind of work on the storytelling and the shots and stuff, and be able to. Um, and that's a great fight in the movie as well. It's a, it was great fun. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. All the fights are amazing in that film. They're all different <laughs> as well, which is like every fight has a different style in it, and it's uh, yeah, tremendous. But um, I did, I did the uh, yeah. So the rock, the Roxy fight for me because I think I was able to relax on it because I wasn't trying to. I didn't have to worry about this. It's weird. We're all talking about this style. Like it was like, oh my god, this style was so hard to draw. It wasn't really, but it was basically just we wanted all the boards to kind of flow together and look like a single piece. It's quite freeing when you don't have to make the them look like the actors as well. Well, that's also quite nice um, because I have had I've had films where I've had to, you know, the director's taking a seat and he goes, look, you know. I've, can you redraw this entire character here? Because um, initially we were trying to hire this one actor and now it's, and they said no, so we've got somebody else. And we don't want them looking at this thinking it even looks a wee bit like someone that isn't them. And things like, you know, could you make them look less old? And then like, I, know, I know they look just like that, but just make them look less old in case they see them and stuff. So... Yeah, and being able, being able to not worry about that was actually kind of cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. have, you, have you got anything to know? Uh, no, I think that, you know, pretty much, uh, yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, the constraints were, um, it was actually quite fun, you know. It wasn't, uh, like, it, it just, at first it was a little off-putting, you know. I was like, oh, I have to do these in the style I don't draw on. And, uh, but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. 
it wasn't bad. It's actually quite funny. We did have a good laugh about it. I think the three of us, you know, when we realized it was just a whim of Oscars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just really quick. Like if there's like a lead storyboard artist, do the storyboard artists under them sort of have to like imitate their, like their style, like to the best of their ability? No, no. No, and, and this it was basically so that the storyboards um, looked like one kind of cohesive mm-hmm. continuity between. Yeah, them. there was a continuity. It was about um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't about servicing the style that I chose. It's about servicing in this particular. It's servicing the movie as yeah as a cohesive like you know whole and it it making it as easy to read as possible because they were going on set for everybody to see it wasn't because mm-hmm. uh, you can get away with squiggles and you know mm-hmm. uh, you know um, the stick drawings basically if it's just for the director because that's all he needs to see just needs to see, you know but these need to be a, a an easy way for people to uh, you know you know, effects crews, every, all the departments, yeah. easy way to see, okay, we're, we're in this world, we need to, we, you know, we're, we're going for this. And I think, I think the storyboard sometimes is that um, it, a lot of the people that are going to be seeing storyboards don't understand how to read drawings a lot of the time. Um, especially, you know, I mean, it's, it's not part of the the world that a lot of the crew overlap with, and because um, I've seen storyboard artists, um, you know, they'll, they'll be doing these massive. I mean, I, I actually sometimes have to do massively rendered stuff, but it's been usually because of the VFX stuff. But um, I've seen storyboard artists do these like super shaded. You can barely see what's happening. Things with wee bits of light. I mean, beautiful pieces of art. Mm. But as storyboards for somebody on set who's not used to looking at drawings and has to very quickly look at the the board stuck to a wall or a piece of board on set, um, you're not going to be able to quickly look at that and go, oh, okay, that's what's going to happen next. And it's um, you've got you you have to be aware that you're doing artwork that has to be instantly or, or very quickly absorbed yeah. by everyone. It's a communication tool. Yeah. So as beautiful as the artwork could look, um, it might be working against the point of it a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. absolutely. In fact, right. I think that, you know, with the action stuff too, uh, what I find is it's, you know, like, again, it's the, the function of the board. It, like I'll drop out backgrounds because what people need to read is the mm-hmm. figures moving through space and you don't want a lot of background. But on the Scott Pilgrim board, it's, there's such com- carefully composed shots and you need to make sure there's space for the location of the graphics. And I do recall changing some of the, the composition to make sure, you know, the editor wanted to adjust it because he wanted the ding-dong to come out of a certain part of the frame, right? And you couldn't have things there because there was going to be a graphic there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, again, I think and I think that it really served to take um, use the books in the style as inspiration because it really made the book tie the movie tie into the book as well. You know, so I think that there was 
in that case, the composition of the framing was really, really important too. Whereas you might not have that in, a, you know, somebody running through the streets of, you know, Miami being chased by aliens. So, Oscar, did you have a sequence that was particularly challenging or fun? Um, I, the one that comes to mind, I mean, we put the most work into Patel. That was definitely because that was our introductory introduction to all this. That's the one I animated. That's the one where we introduced all the 2D graphics in their full-blown, you know, um, uh, style. And... But the thing I enjoyed the most, and that's the one we did the test for as well. So we worked over Patel three or four times in different formats. You know, we, we, we yeah, we knew that one inside and out. And uh, and when it came to the VFX, that's that was one of the first trailer shots revealing like the 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 um, there was the Kapow when he smacks he, he hits Patel for the first time. And uh, yeah, the iterations that that went through, because that was us learning. This ties into another one of your questions about the style constricting us. In a way, yes, uh, but also it, there was no right way of doing it. So we were trying all ways to get this across. And mm-hmm. we, you know, that particular shot, the Kapow shot, was there were so many layers of what went into that, that one shot. Um, it taught us all, it was like a roadmap. Just that one shot was like a roadmap of how to do the rest of it. But the scene that I fondly remember the most and because of the genesis and how it went through, it was, uh, I, I was looking forward to it when I first read the script was the audio demons the, fight. The, the Katanagi the, twins? The, 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 and the, the Yeti, yeah, the Katanagi fight. And I was just so looking forward to designing that um, that uh, green-eyed Yeti and I had a very, very clear idea of what it should be right from the word go, uh, that it should be a mix of the monster from the id um, from Forbidden Planet and uh, the Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny Yeti mm. that was you remember that Robin Donnell it was just the big oh, yeah. red yeah. it's just a yeah. ball of red fur and I had boarded it or I was I was boarding that while we were in Toronto, I think, and it was challenging. But the, I think the first thing that happened was VFX needed to get moving on a model for it, like a VFX model for it. The dragons were kind of easier, but the VFX needed... And they, they sent through, and it was kind of like a, a kick up my ass. They did it, I think they did it on purpose. They sent through this design of what they think the audio demon should be. And I remember vividly being on something else, like because oh, I was designing logos. And, you know, Rubble had tested this. There were so many graphics to go. I mean, I was sitting beside um, David Best, a graphic designer, and we were we we were sharing duties on that because there was so much to do. So I remember dropping everything that I was doing there when this email came through. The design of this demon. 
Because no, 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 no. And I immediately went to my drawing desk and started drawing out exactly what, and sent them, you know, the character sheet of exactly how this should look. Because it's something that, you know, they needed to get done early on. I wasn't ready to think about it yet or draw it down yet. Um, but they pushed me to do it and it worked. And I'm glad they did as well. Because um, we headed that off. I knew exactly what it needed to be. And honestly, that's the one of the biggest joys of the thing was getting a Looney Tunes character onto screen like that. And it's the biggest, dumbest thing. <laughs> and it and it was so much fun to watch come in front of our, you know, to to watch sort of come into a reality in front of our eyes. And um and when we were doing all the VFX review sessions, uh, and it, it you know, it kept the the stages of its creation were evolving in front of our eyes. And when it got to the final stages, and they did so much great work on that, and they were they the VFX guys were loving doing it because they don't get to do that stuff normally. <laughs> and uh, and you could tell that all the love in the room, you know, f- from doing this stuff, and everybody wanted to make it the best it could. And I remember me and Edgar just giggling in the front row of this review theatre, watching these shots come to life. And it was like, I can't believe we get to do this. This is crazy. <laughs> so that, I think that's what I fondly remember most is that scene, because I just remember having this clear vision of exactly how that should look and that they did not disappoint. They, they absolutely went for it. You know? mm. So the emphasis on getting the, just a real quick small question. Uh, the emphasis on getting the Matthew Patel fight right. Do you think that was because it's like the turning point of the movie where if you don't get it exactly right, like people could like walk out, like you like you know. Um, I absolutely. I think it's the it's the reveal essentially the same as it is in the books. We wanted it to be exactly how it is in the books. When you when you first read yeah. the book. You want you turn the page and you think, holy fuck, you know that what mm. they're doing this, and that's what we wanted. That mm. and I think it's just bam, it, you know, it just bombards you with all that imagery, and there's all these new rules come into play, um, and then the Bollywood song, songs, you know, um, the song and dance sequence starts, and uh Scott's um sister Anna Kendrick she just goes what and that is that's the audience basically that's what the audience needed to see that someone was reacting like what's going on (laughs) you know um uh so yeah it it was huge that sequence and the fact that we've got that flashback in there as well which is basically uh, animation that we did, like really simple animation based on uh, Brian O'Malley's artwork from the comics, you know, is a- absolutely, it, you know, we it's almost exactly what he, I'm, I'm not sure we used his actual artwork, I think we reproduced it, <coughs> but it's pretty much exactly what he drew and we just animated it, you know. Yeah, I read the books. This my brother loves the entire series, and I finally got a chance to read the books, and I was like shocked by how similar it was. Yeah, that that like that first third. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the first third is is almost page for page exactly, 
and and Egg was very rigid on that. He, he and I think it's right. He just wanted to. It, it's a good roadmap. It's a good way. And then you know when they split their when they go their separate ways. I mean, Edgar and Michael retained the voice. It feels like the same. It doesn't feel wrong at all, you know. Um, uh, yeah, it's very impressive what they did. Really, really impressive. Trent. Was that an interview or was that an interview? Sure what that we interviewed them. That is for sure. I would have more specifics to say about what happened in this episode, except I have not yet edited this portion. Whoa. As of uh, recording this. Really putting yourself under the microscope there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I apologize for my unprofessionalism. I'll strive to do better in the future. Yeah, only editing the interviews like several days in advance. Asshole. I know. Fucking I, asshole. I suck. I do. Parth, when I was just watching Jackass 3D, I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, I saw Jackass Forever in the theaters. I heard. You said that you were laughing your ass off. It's an excellent film. I only gave it, th- I only gave it three and a half stars, and then I was sitting in my bed last night, and I was like, I'm an asshole. I should give it at least four stars. How was Jackass 3D? I was showing uh, Nate and Tamara, the friends off the show. And uh, they had never seen any of the Jackass films, and they were very amused. And so, like, watching it through their new eyes, it was like taking candy from a baby, if that metaphor is, I don't know. This is the end of the episode. Yeah, no, we don't need to be intelligible at the the end of the interviews. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again to Robert McCallum, Danelle Davenport, and Oscar Wright for their time. Thanks for coming. We're super excited for next week, which will be the end. The grand finale. Of the interview portion. And then the big guy comes in. The big <laughs> the big guy. Yeah. Uh, Parth's brother, Viraj. And we're going to chat. When the show first started, Viraj said, if you ever do Scott Pilgrim, I'm coming on. Yeah. Please make sure to give us five stars, five stars. on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. Give us a good rating do on it. Apple Podcasts. Please. And just, just do it. Yeah. Just, you know, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter. We're there. Or I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Listen, um, continue to listen to our wow, show. Trent has like no enthusiasm. This is, a, this is incredible. Continue to listen to our show. Please yeah, tell, right. please tell your friends. It really does help. Thank you. And that's more like it. Tune in next Sunday for part three of our Scott Pilgrim month. <laughs> A whole month, about, <laughs> whole month about Scott Pilgrim versus versus the war. Sorry, Parth. Yeah, Trent's getting kind of emotional on camera. Did I see a single tear? I don't want to talk about it, bro. All right, bye, guys. It's the it's it, it it's it's the end of the episode. Bye, Parth. Bye.